Welcome to Africa on Focus, where we share our success stories. Africa, the continent, the young diaspora, entrepreneurs, influencers, change makers, and so much more. I'm Miss Abba, and this is Africa on Focus, the podcast. September 22nd, vaccinated travelers from high risk areas are no longer required to quarantine. Um, the personal location from that the Dutch have is also only for high risk countries, and UK is actually on the high risk countries for. They, for, they are on each other's yeah. high risk. <laughs> so that's uh, <laughs> so. When I was coming, I had to fill it in, and since you know I'm, I'm basically um, located here, yeah, I filled it in with the address, but no one. Called. No one checked you. No, no one, one checked or, or or anything. Nor did I have to book a test or um, or um, something like that. But okay. I did have to fill it in. And as of from next week or from twenty second mm-hmm. of uh, September, that means that if you are coming from a high risk country and there is a list of high risk countries, okay. and if you're coming from um, from one of those countries, I think. U- UK is also on the list. Ghana is U- also on the list. Ghana is also on the list. If you no, it's not. I think Ghana is not high risk yet. Or is it? Um, we'll figure it out. We'll find it out. <laughs> means you you probably will have to fill in the the form. Okay. Because the form is still there. However, you don't have to quarantine, mm-hmm. or it's not um, obligated to quarantine if you are. Uh, if you have been vaccinated all right so it only goes for those who have been vaccinated and coming from high risk countries you don't have to quarantine well as a prior um, prior to this you would have to quarantine whether vaccinated or not and or even you can only travel with uh, specific reasons because that's um, that was what was happening here in the Netherlands you couldn't travel just like that you had specific reasons one of those were the spouse reason right. if you if you literally had a spouse living in the netherlands right. that's when um, you, you could um, travel here or they would give you a visa if you were coming mm-hmm. from high-risk countries but yeah. so they it's, it's it looks like they're easing things up and I also read like in the uk um from october or mid-october going they would also Loose, um, loosen up their uh, restrictions when it comes to right. traveling. Um, I think with the personal locator forms, they either day eight will not be mandatory anymore as it is right now. It's day two plus day eight. Even if you're staying for only five days, you still buy those two tests, right? So I think they will look into um, canceling um, day eight. And also for people who are vaccinated, mm-hmm. probably just and coming from an amber list country. Right. Just you know, just um, let them in and out without any uh, um, additional cost because those tests only can all already cost you 150 pounds. Oh man! Added to your um, what to your ticket and and all of that. So I think they will look into uh, making this into uh, m- uh, much cheaper. Oh but, man! Yeah. So that's uh that's what's been going on, uh, um, particularly regarding the uh, the traveling. Yeah. Um, but also the uh certificates because um last week or this yesterday the dutch they started um, this certificate with the uh uh with different sectors as yeah. in you need the um you have to be vaccinated or you have to show that you are 
you don't have the virus by doing a test 24 mm-hmm. hours prior or doing a PCR test or if you are re- um, if you have recently recovered mm-hmm. from corona that is also uh, let's say a green certificate Italy I just read um have Oh yeah, Italy I, also has They that. have implemented and they are the first to actually do this but they have implemented um the the certificate thing for all workers in that country. Right. So uh, but uh, you know that's going to A be that's going to be very very uh interesting. Uh so Italy is is to make it compulsory for all workers to have a covid green pass proof of vaccination mm-hmm. a negative test or recovery from the virus the measures are a first for europe and some of the strictest in the world anyone without a pass will reportedly face suspension from work and may have their pay stopped after five days oh the measure no due- jokes man i tell you this is serious it well, is <laughs> the measure due to um come to um to into force on 15th of October aimed to boost vaccinations in a country that has been badly hit by the virus. Green Pass certificates for COVID-19 provided both digitally and on paper are already required to access Italian train stations, cinemas, restaurants, gyms and swimming pools. School staff are also required to show a pass and some teachers have reportedly been torn away from work. On Thursday, the Italian government approved a new law to extend the requirements to all workplaces and employees across all sectors, including the self-employed. Oh dear. Um, businesses and staff could face fines up to uh, 1,500 euros, 1,500 euros if people are found to be working without a valid green pass. Announcing the de- decision, Health Minister Roberto Spenranza said the new measures would improve safety and make our vaccination campaign even stronger the implementation of such a pass as the one we are bringing into force with the decree will we are certain help us push forward the vaccination campaign he said Um, despite a vocal anti-vaccination minority italians have broadly backed the government's vaccination campaign about 65 percent of italians have now been fully vaccinated but Infections have been rising, driven by the Delta variant. Man, this is this is something yeah. different. I do I do understand their their <laughs> energy in this and their type yeah. of their heated. I understand. I mean, um, the way they had been struck with you know uh, COVID, it just they've lost so many lives in this. Yeah. So I definitely don't blame them that they are this. I, I am I am quite surprised that it's just sixty five percent. But um, hey, I guess it's it's not easy to um during a pandemic introduce something new and to ensure people's trust people's availability and their accessibility to uh you know vaccination um who is traveling all right so who is traveling have you dealt with any of these vaccination matters or measures uh do let us know drop it in uh the comment box 
uh, I just want to give me, uh, it is not a promise. So if you can have the opportunity to love someone better do that to your best ability. Uh, welcome back to Africa on focus is myself and Donnie. And we are here, uh, the same thing again, you know, sharing our success stories and discussing what's going on in the world of Africans. You just listened to a collaboration between manifest and uh, burner boy. It so much happens that a collaboration happens between the two fresh song with tomorrow. And before that, we listen to Stoneboy collaborating with the legendary Kodon Tree with the record in Kuto. Yes. Uh, we're back, uh, Donnie, man. What, what else is new? What else is new? Um, I think we've gone to, you know, the commotion um, surrounding vaccinations, Corona Pass. Uh, people have been demonstrating already in, in The Hague. And so many things have been happening Um We've discussed that, but you know, also, uh, there had been some hot topics that dealt with ethnic profiling. Um, I mean, I've seen it, you know, on my timeline and I was like, I need to sit down and read this. And it's something had to do with, you know, it's okay now to, um, select people based on their colors, color of their skin, or, you know, all of that craziness. Listen. Listen, people that, you know, have been saying these are the last days. Yes, it is. The earth, the earth is, is in labor. But anyway, what's, what's been happening is that, uh, the court rules Dutch border force not guilty of ethnic profiling. So the, uh, Koninklijke Marechaussee is not guilty of ethnic profiling when checking people who want to enter the Netherlands, uh, a court in the Hague ruled on Wednesday. Mauricio say officers are allowed to take skin color into account when deciding to pull somebody from out of a line and check them at the border. Uh, this is not in conflict with the prohibition uh, on discrimination and therefore the service does not have to change its checks. The court ruled the Mauricio say, um, how do you even say that English? Mauricio C, Mauricio C, Mauricio C, I don't know, <laughs> carries out checks at airports, in trains and elsewhere to determine whether people have the right to be in the netherlands and you know as we know all of these years we all want to go to the netherlands ourselves included included being children of immigrants uh, a person's ethnicity can be an indication of a person's nationality or resident status according to the judges it doesn't have to but it can and it is also important that ethnicity is never the only reason for a check they added the court acknowledged that it can happen in individual cases that people are checked purely on the basis of their skin color, but then there is no structural practice implemented and therefore no reason for a ban. Okay. People have been going livid, <laughs> uh, multiple citizens and civil society. Hello, Kathy. Uh, nice to see you here. Um, multiple citizens and civil society organizations, including Amnesty International and Radar, uh, had filed a case against the Marisha C and the complaint said that the Marisha C used ethnic profiling, arguing that people with dark skin are more likely to be picked from the queue than others. Well, that is no news to us, is it? Exactly. We, it, we're not even surprised. You know, they were trying to, uh, that's why I went to court. They were trying right. to, uh, um, have this, um, let's say band or yeah have them do something against it but it's it's a you know it's okay on what 
What side are you on? Do you think they should have banned it or not? I think that will make it. You know what? Um, the thing is that I do, I do know this. If they would have indeed, you know, found them guilty and they would ban it, it would no longer be allowed. It is going to interrupt their work process because mm. basically all that they do is profiling, and you know that is exactly. that is their intuition. You know yeah. what I mean? And right. Based on that is how they check people. So I think that. Um, yeah, I think that they will be going against their own, their own system that they've put in place because mm -hmm. they need that to, you know, um, get at people, to find them, to locate them, to ask questions or yeah. even have a foot to ask, yeah. you know, questions. So I realized that already. So I knew that if the court would find them guilty, they would not have a foot to stand on to continue its operations. Mm. So uh, this is not a new thing to me, but um, I am rather surprised that people find this a new thing yeah so it, ha it has always been there and i think the the outrage isn't necessarily that um it is there um well the well the outrage is that it's there in 2020 or yeah. 2021 yeah right? exactly or that you know the the, the court doesn't um, um rule it uh yeah. you know as a, as a as a form of um discrimination yeah but but yeah, it you know it is important, and what you said is exactly this is their work, right? Feel, and you can kind not of not meaning that I like it or support it, but that's what I observe, you know. I mean, yeah, basically, what their job is to literally, you know, walk around, um, and see if there are any suspicious-looking folks yep. out there, yeah, um, suspicious-looking um, people out there, and that's literally trying to judge or draw um judgment from people's physical or you know the appearance right and that includes clothes that you're wearing yeah as well as ethnicity um but again just like in the streets you know here here in um in inside those we've been <laughs> dealing with um what we felt and uh, you know ethnic yeah. profiling but that can be structurally um proven that hey yeah why because everyone is playing outside you always <laughs> come to the black kids, yeah right it does so that you can kind of like prove and they always go into the neighborhoods where it's pr predominantly black yeah not into the predominantly white neighborhoods they don't. so that is a structure however at the airport or you know where uh, at the border control so that is a different case and yeah. I think the judge they did not yeah, so the they, they didn't rule it as a you know form of discrimination um because you couldn't you can't determine that mm -hmm. it was purely on the you know the ethnicity that they they find you suspicious and if it's their job to think people are suspicious then you know, right so that yeah. you know they put the court in a very um, tight position i think you. you can't really do much about it we understand that it can be yeah. uh you know very uh, <laughs> very much so inconvenient and all that but it's part of the process and i think it also has to do with the trust the trust thing yeah. are, are, are we the civilians or travelers do yeah. we trust these um and it can be for any country yeah do we trust the the dutch 
um, um border police do we trust the uk border police that they're not selecting people simply by yeah. the fact that they are black or the fact that they, uh, they are wearing a hijab or the fact that um and they look pakistani or whatnot yeah. right are they not are they doing it uh are they not doing it basically just solely on yeah. that um but you know we have to trust them and i think um you know it will make it um easier for for ourselves i think you know what we trust that they know what they're doing and if they come up to you and you know ask questions um then you know you can you know just comply with them but the thing yeah. is in most or in many cases it goes beyond that it's not just it's where not. are you going where are you from based on that it's, it's not. like i think i think the the <laughs> people get outraged is the fact that so they come up to me because i'm black yeah but then they actually really think i've done something because i'm black and that is absolutely. where absolutely the, the line is with many oh people, man they profile people. absolutely they do yeah absolutely they do um <laughs> they know it they come even coming from you know aside from at the border because in this case it's the marie because they mm. are you know at borders but even in 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 main in in this country yeah. you know um they they put it together if you're driving a particular car uh driving in a particular area you know uh, now saying that okay you have to uh you know show right where you got it from and yeah something like yeah and basically probably with white people they'll be like oh the person probably got rich parents or it's family business and blah blah, blah. but if it's a dark-skinned person yes, you know they broken. do it's it's the truth they do they they associate it with something negative i mean yeah. that's really the reality of what it is yeah. um in the meantime uh you're listening to you africa on focus myself and donny are touching on very important topics that has to do with black profiling a recent uh instant whereby there was a court case uh um, actually initiated by uh radar and amnesty international uh against the mao against the work operation and how they profile uh people of course of other ethnicities uh, we would really like to know have you gone through any kind of any type of profiling mm. and you know of course this this is not uh about the facts or whether there was proof or this is really about where you know you know you know yeah. and you know we know when mm. it uh, it happened uh back to a bit of the factual figures uh the ruling uh is an enormous missed opportunity for the netherlands the door to discrimination is wide open and that is harmful for everyone in the netherlands but also for the man chaussee uh, very unpleasant said uh yele class who is the lawyer of the complainants he will appeal that these people are treated differently uh the mary chaussee uh, emphasizes you are different it hurts when you are repeatedly pulled out of the line because something which you cannot change one of the complainants who i actually have met a few times before uh who's called mpanzu uh, bamenga who is a d66 a uh, city council member in Eindhoven. He was pulled from a crowd in 2018 in the arrival hall of uh, Eindhoven Airport. Uh, he explains that I turned around, saw the other passengers, and everyone could walk through. Only another black man was stopped and a black woman with children. Very remarkable, he told the ANP last year. Uh, Bamenga found it demeaning. In response to the ruling, he said that the Mao Chaussee is allowed to stop people partly on the basis of their skin color. Uh, is so extraordinary. If you aren't white, you can thus be regarded as potentially not a Dutch citizen. And that is true. Uh, in this day and age, it disqualifies people. It creates stigma. It makes others think that criminals usually have a dark skin. Uh, it is so unjust and humiliating. Um, mm -hmm. I can't even think of how he must have felt, you know, at that instant. 
um, and him even being um, of a political party, for heaven's sakes, you know, <laughs> to even be part of a political party, they even, I think, screen you on goed gedrag and, you know, all of that. Like, he is a Dutch citizen and um, having that reality, I think for, for me, if you ask me, it is a uh, reality check. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just reminding us of what the reality really is. Obviously, we hope for the best. Yeah. We hope for it to change. We hope to be regarded as equal. But that is a generational change. That, true, uh, true, true, true. But hey, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> and, I, uh, you know, it, it also brings up the, the, the political uh, debate um, about you know, border um, control or border checks or immigration policy. And all that, which is Perfect. also, um, you know, what's been going on in the States regarding the Haitian um, yeah. immigrants. Um, yeah. But, we, we, you know, before we jump on, uh, onto that, the the case of the uh, Mampuzu um, Bamenga. Um, so he actually, he did ask why he was, um, you know, um, singled out. Uh, singled out. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, I have this, where was it? Yeah, so he was singled out for special questioning at passport control at Andover Airport after returning from Rome where he had attended a conference. Mm-hmm. He was dressed in a suit. He was walking fast. Um, other other indicators. Uh, so it later transpired for resembling a Nigerian money money launderer <laughs> smuggler <laughs> yep uh so when oh, that's ha- what you discovered oh my gosh are you serious this is what they were they were thinking so this way indicates that uh well that kind of like clicked the bell for the border police he doesn't even look like a nigerian <laughs> i see listen he looks like a true um but anyway that's because we black know but anyway exactly we, we can tell the difference we, we can tell the difference but <laughs> uh so when he asked why he had been pulled over um um but Menga was told that they were looking for criminals and refugees. Right. He thought he looked like someone the police were looking for. Um, but when another black man and woman with children were also taken out of the queue, he realized it was a clear case of ethnic, um, ethnic Racial. Uh, yeah. you know, profiling. Ethnic profiling, yeah. Well, so what? They're looking for criminals and refugees. And hey, do you find white refugees anywhere? In a suit. In a suit, for heaven's sake! That that's ridiculous. But then they'll throw. That's the thing. So, for every indicator right. or for every um, factor that we would say that is silly, they have something to back it up. They like, do. Yeah. Oh wait. So you actually have you wearing a coat? Oh, but that you know you look yeah. like well this Nigerian guys. Oh, yeah, exactly. You're walking fast. Um, um well ethiopians walk fast or something like oh you look your your hair is braided or you must be a rapper yeah. drum trafficking um drugs yeah right so, so they for every ceiling things yeah but this is incorporated and, and there's a book on this but let me finish the sentence this is incorporated within their um, procedure within their practice within yeah. their uh entire um let's say um um th- their school of yeah, yeah policing it is. it is and um so there's a book Malcolm Gladwell wrote um talking with strangers uh which was a book he wrote after the and I'll keep saying this uh, mentioning yeah. this book on this on this platform it's a really good book um it, it he wrote it after Sandra Bland who was killed by yeah. the um by an officer in the states right which was 
actually just a traffic stop or something like that but it turned out you know um she hung up she hung herself three days or two days after being put to jail basically she hadn't done anything wrong but something led to the other which led to the traffic stop yeah then which led to her um being put in jail or and then she hung herself so he pretty much goes from the beginning who was the officer and who is Sandra Bland until the end and then he details Mm -hmm. um what the encounters were right their mental state um because mind you these are still individuals these are still people now, this is a whole analysis on breakdown as well as it takes the police department and right. breaks down their statistic what they're looking for what crime and even right. goes back 50 years before their whole policing practice was yeah. um let's say put in place and where it actually originates from because right mind you every police practicing or every police procedure mm-hmm. has been tested somewhere and they um, put it into place because they find that the right. most effective or efficient way to catch criminals right that's the thing so for instance if they say um one let me say one out of ten mm-hmm. people that they hold um uh, or like one out of ten africans or black people looking that they um, approach right at the airport has something on them right either false documents is um, smuggling money or whatnot right that one one out of ten so that's ten percent right and they also let's say they have something else or um, let's say what one out of hundred whites uh this and that so best believe they are going to focus on the one of the out of the ten they will right they will because that is a higher percentage of catching right drug smugglers whether it's if they only catch African drug smugglers, that's fine yeah. with them. They're still doing their job. Still job. Right. Let the white smugglers go, whatnot. That's fine. They're still, you know, they're living up to certain standards right. um, at a day. So, you know, it, he pretty much, Malcolm Gladwell, in his book, just details how um, every policing department or mm-hmm. every country have certain practices, certain ideologies in right. place. Right. which they find most effective efficient yeah. into achieving their targets their goals yeah and they can use every indicator or everything that they see as an indicator mm-hmm. to why they did what they had to do sure um and we you know we the citizens are you know outside of that Absolutely. but it's not only the individuals and in some cases you actually meet the individual for for instance when uh, a police officer comes to you mm-hmm some of them actually they're like you know what you can go right. or you do something and then they walk up to you mm-hmm. and you can tell by the look in the eyes that they they don't want to do what they're doing but they're still going to do it for do the it. sake right. of doing it right right so but that actually to me it shows wait there's a human behind this and the human also have their own thoughts and have their own thinking mm-hmm. or also seems okay wait mm-hmm. this is totally unnecessary yeah so we just you know i've heard your voice i've seen yeah. your face and i know there's nothing going on there right right, right. i can tell mm-hmm. so it's fine you know it's just ha- just act like this this doesn't even happen hold that one um uh we are just going to go into some music and come back to this ethnic profiling uh topic 
and uh, also you know i'm getting a reaction from somebody who's listening through instagram it is um i'm going to get my phone charger and uh, find a way if we can get this instagrammer to uh, also have a say and uh, let's see uh how we can uh talk about this ethnic profiling and really the consequences and how yeah. we should deal with that uh as black people in the meantime let's listen to uh, uh asha elia with her record called nice like this we'll be back asking you have you dealt with ethnic profiling in which way could you share with us some experiences we will be taking out up some uh, some of your reactions and uh we'll be talking some more about this we'll be right back all right it was uh asha elia with her record called nights like this you're still listening to uh, african focus with myself and donnie and uh, we are talking about ethnic profiling i mean the topic uh, has been ongoing here in the netherlands um the topic has been so real because uh, there was uh, a court case against the uh, uh, marie jose uh where they you know the way they in initiate uh, racial profiling um it was just it was just wrong and it was obvious that it was uh done based on color of skin on ethnicity and so much more and all of those things uh, i do have like normally we we would have this on phone and everything but i do have somebody like on um on live who wants to comment a, a thing or two let's just see if it goes through and let's see if we can catch some of his comments uh, uh james uh the artist uh, shout out to you for even tuning in and uh you know catching a bit of this conversation uh it is super to have you on uh, i'm seeing him already and uh we're just gonna try and and put uh james the artist on the microphone and see if he got you know some comments um on this let's see if we can do this <laughs> okay yeah we can we can we can good to hear from you let let us know what you're thinking um so ethnic profiling so in my case i've not had anything um drastic or um too traumatic happen right um in in that regard i'd say the closest i've had is maybe stereotyping but it's not transpired to something like getting arrested when i was really innocent i've not had anything escalate to where I can squarely say, wow, that was ethnic profiling. But I can say, when you move around certain places, if you're dressed a certain way, and on top of that, you're big and you're black. Right. You can, you can feel that you're being perceived uh, a certain way, um, a certain way in, in those moments. But at the same time, I think it also depends the person. I would say maybe I've had luck, maybe I've had grace, and I'm also, I think I'm a quite a prudent person right in terms of um i know how to be touch and go right um, and so but maybe that's unfortunate because i think some other people would say me being uh black why can't i just be comfortable and live like, as comfortable normal life as maybe a white guy can for instance yeah so maybe that's the issue so i think maybe there's, there's probably better people out there there's better uh black men out there who can really speak of really suffering in that regard which i haven't yeah really to say you know so that's that's as much as i can say as my personal experience yeah um, alternatively to that i've just come back from south africa right mm -hmm. and um and while i'm listening to you guys i'm i'm thinking of this issue yeah but in the context or in the space of where we're a majority and i feel that where we are a majority humanizes us so much 
Um, not that I can go as far as alluding or saying that um, South Africa is necessarily the perfect place, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a place like I'm sure Ghana is, like I'm sure Congo is, Nigeria is, in some respects, for your your humanity is better than than being <laughs> UK, NL, etc. Okay. You know I mean, we always we always in 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 Netherlands and UK and France, you always have to contend with this stuff. Yeah, or exactly. Navigate around. It. What I find is that in 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 a predominant black country, at least how I find it in SA, because everybody is black. You what then what then happens to you is you just fall into being a human being. Okay. So, right. You know, and you're not you're not as you're not as a you're not as vulnerable to that constant stereotypical attacking type of yeah gotcha like now people's perceptions yeah so 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 I think what I'm trying to say is I think there's sadness in this being our reality in the diaspora and then also I find that it, it's sad and it's also in some ways ironic that we always have we always speak on these topics we always contend with it yeah when we're not in we're not in the space where we're even predominant yet we have so much to say about it um and then but then the people obviously the people back home have their challenges have their struggles yeah but they don't have this and i think that's 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 health that's that's a blessing that mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. I have a question there, there is a question coming from uh, from Donny, uh, the co-host. I know we're kind of, uh, you can't see my face, but that is because I'm holding uh, the mic uh, or actually the phone to the mic so that people could also hear what you're saying. Uh, Donny, you have a question. Yeah. How um, Does he feel like um, border um, patrol officers or like, uh, you know, the border police, they are allowed to uh, use um, race or ethnicity as um, an indicator in their policing yeah right so what, i heard that what did he say border police <laughs> <laughs> i asked if so because you know this article in the netherlands um they the the dutch border police they are allowed um so well the judge said it is not bad or it is not um it's not crime it's not a crime it's not a crime yeah. for them to use um ethnicity uh, or race as a, a as a factor or an indicator yeah. of, of sus- um, suspecting people do you think that is good or do you think that's bad do you oh, think that, I think, that's, I think that's bad i think that's bad that's 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 bad to be honest with you i think this is where like there's a, there's a nuance maybe in how does it there's a nuance and difference in how different nations in Europe deal with and operate with their racism. Mm-hmm. In England, no one would openly say that. Right. In England, the, the atmosphere of political correctness, that wouldn't even come out open. Not like that. They, they may feel it and they may act on it, but there wouldn't even be someone who would even say that. Because even, even if they would say that, it wouldn't just be black people who will speak in opposition to that. There'd be other whites who are more liberal and who are powerful too would be like, oh, but no, but you can't say that. So in England, that couldn't even run mm. to say it openly. Say it openly, you know. But then again, I think maybe there is a nuance in how how is it to be black in the Netherlands versus England. And I feel that England, 
there's two sides. So there's people who there's people who will say, yeah, as a black man, I'm having this experience, and they may relate to okay. So when I was in the border um, patrol, mm-hmm. or I was trying to enter the country, I got treated a different way um, from a white person. There are people who can talk like that, but then there's a lot of black British people who could say, no, England's actually quite tolerant. Um, in a way that you get fair treatment, because England has a representation has a reputation for practicing human rights and things like that, more so than some right. other nations. So, so I think the nuance of racism um, is different; it's not the same in every place. So maybe ethnic profiling in the Netherlands is a certain way, but then it's different in the UK. Right, right. Yeah, okay. no, that that could not be said openly. In the, I may be wrong. There's another. Uh, that British person who's listening may disagree or, or enlighten um, the listeners and us more. But in my experience, like you couldn't, no one can say that in England. Like no one, not even the most prominent person can say that. And you, you dare not. Just, nah, you couldn't because they know. Because the thing is with England is yeah, we have. I'd say with England, we have a lot of things that go on in the dark and that go on in the shadows. But at least in the open, you're supposed to play. You're supposed to play a role. There at least is like a. There is in the open. There is a like a policed environment of what you can and can't do, and what is accepted and isn't accepted. Yeah. Right. Behind the scenes, if you've got your influence, you've got your power, you've got your pressure. Yeah, you can get away with stuff. But there at least is a public resistance where certain things can't, you can't, you can't slide. No, they couldn't say that. Mm. They could not say that. Anymore. Right. Well, that there, there is a difference. It's really uh, a a good, a good perspective. Yeah. And um, we we all we all have it. On the show um, one time to discuss yeah. um, whether um, policing or let's say whether border uh, policing is yeah. um, also can be classified as racism or as um, discrimination. Yeah, um, I, I, I think I, this is what I've noticed in my experience is I've noticed that I don't know what the case is with France, but I feel like at least the perception is that. In England, if you're black and you grow up in England or you're born in England, you're at least made to feel like you're like you're one of the people, more so. Especially, yeah. Especially if you've been culturally banter with the general, with the general whites, if that makes sense. You can generally banter if you do a lot of culturally similar things. Yeah, you're just more so. And I feel that in France and maybe in Netherlands, it's more like, okay, you may have been born here, but it's always like where we. Where were you originally from? Truth, right? truth, yeah. From the, the native. Whereas I feel in England, and maybe in some degrees it's an illusion because sometimes, even if you can, even though you may feel included, if you do something wrong or you go way out of line, then they'd be like, maybe go back to your country, right? There mm-hmm. always is that at play. Yeah. But I do think in England, maybe to degree it's an illusion, but also there is truth to it. I think we're more, the population's a bit more inclusive. Um, where if you're born here or you come here young and you just blend in, yeah, and you assimilate in certain ways, you won't you won't feel that you won't feel that racism in, in some spaces. Okay. You won't. Right. Yeah. The person who more feel that is maybe someone who's 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 come to England maybe as an adult. They're not assimilated into the general culture that includes the whites. Let's say yeah, they may more feel that because I've gone through border and I've not had I've not had any issue. Right. And neither have I. Okay, good perspective, good talk. I think uh, it will be a good opportunity, uh, James, that we invite you on our next next Let's Chat Africa 
to really truly discuss about this ethnic profiling thing and um, also a good good piece of insight you know the different uh, angles that you bring on coming from SA being in in uh, what's it called uh, UK and also having visited uh, the Netherlands so it, it it does bring a very fresh perspective uh, to this topic thanks okay. a lot we should uh, definitely keep in touch and uh, we we will be inviting you on really really soon <laughs> I, will just, I will just end by saying that obviously my experience is my experience right um, as nuanced and people can argue how subjective it is if you're speaking to someone else who's black from England they may they may have a totally different sure you know it all, it all depends so there's, there's people who are born in England and their parents are Ghanaian or Congolese or Nigerian or Jamaican cool but then you've got people who've come here as teenagers you've got people who and they came in their 20s yeah. they're gonna have a different do you see what i'm saying like for me i know that i've grown up in a way where cool i've got my british black community consistent of africans and and caribbeans that i can engage with on that level yeah but i also have general whites i can kind of just <laughs> just joke with them like i'm one of the, do you know what i mean like, like almost like i'm one of i'm one of the group yeah i can do that dance too do you get what i'm saying but yeah. there's people who because they're not maybe not grown up in, in the uk they're not going through the UK in their formative years, or maybe they've they've been in the UK but not necessarily been interacting with just the, the white people. Let's say they may not be able to do that dance. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you can't do that dance at all, then you already feel kind of separate, and you look at it as as separate. A man who comes from Congo at the age of 26 and comes in has to fend for himself and has to, it's hard for him in terms of papers and, and all of that. He'll have a different way of processing his racial experience than, say, a kid who his parents are Congolese, but he's also had friends who are white at a young age. Gotcha. You know what I mean? And to, so there's all those, there's all, and I guess it just goes to show that everywhere, we're always not a monolith. There's always uniqueness. I'm sure in the Netherlands, if, if you speak to someone like yourself versus someone who's from Suriname, can have different stories absolutely yeah true so i say it's similar with us as well truth to that and also because i'm like pan-african as well i bring another i've got like another like (laughs) lens as well i suppose yeah i'm not just straight hey i'm black british you know yeah we we will also we will also continue to talk about that uh also that black british thing that identity I think ethnic profiling from profile to identity would be a great topic to uh, follow up on. Thanks a lot, uh, James. Uh, I, o- I always call you Chris, but his name is actually James. Uh, we'll keep in touch. <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks a lot and have a have a good evening. All right. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> I love that. I love that kind of perspective uh, that, you know, he brings on uh, into that as well. Um because yeah um it it offers different perspective in general uh i think and i think that same would go for anybody that we would you know talk to uh whether that be caribbean or uh directly from the from the soil and all of that we will definitely keep an eye on this case you know in terms of ethnic profiling and uh what it means um here it basically says to sum it up donnie what's the moral of the story uh the dutch people don't give a crap they will continue <laughs> to uh, judge you based on your color and that's really what it is if they have their reason to they will go for it and that's what we black people here have to deal with until then um 
in the meantime, <laughs> you're laughing. I know I put it in a humorous way. In the meantime, for all of you who are uh, listening to us, um, have you experienced black profiling? Uh, have you been, uh, even if you remember an incident whereby a government or any, you know, executive um, uh, institution or whatever have judged you based on the color of your skin where you just know, uh, let us know. Let's listen to uh, one more record. Uh, we're going to listen to Vega Michaels. When we come back, we're going to listen and look at some of the comments and see, uh, you know, what are some of the experiences that we have gone through. Uh, let's get into some music and we'll be right back. I love that. Uh, that is, uh, that is actually a new song that I fetched by Vega, uh, or Vega or Vega Michaels. Shout out to, uh, to her, uh, for giving us that fresh song. Give me love. Uh, anyway, we're back at uh, Africa on Focus uh, here with myself and and Donnie, and uh, basically we are, are talking and having our show, um, really picking up the interaction that uh, that we're really longing for today. Uh, shout out to James Chris uh, that also James the artist that also uh, chimed in and uh, you know shared his experience on black profiling. It's safe to say that you know uh, the freedom of actually continuing with ethnic profiling based on color of skin and you know all of these features would not be said out loud in countries like uk but here in the netherlands not that it is explicitly said but um a particular case against um the marie who does this who conducts this kind of world work um failed it did not win so basically they can continue with the way that they are doing have you been been profiled based on ethnicity do you know you have been probably be treated different because of your ethnicity do you share with us your experiences are you listening on facebook uh youtube or anywhere uh do you uh, talk to us uh, about it some of your experiences and uh of course you're from uh, of course, we do know that in general, <laughs> ethnic profiling does take place. I don't, um, I'm not sure in its entirety if it is the ethnic profiling, but we do know that, you know, once, um, there are seasons of when you come from Ghana that they, you know, specifically choose to check the bags of Ghanaians because they know that Ghanaians tend to bring on board some, um, interesting items, yeah. you know, from, from the continent. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, we do know that that's the case uh, on on there. Um, another thing also, um, if you, well, like I said, if you have experienced it, make sure that you uh, share it with us. We would really love to hear from you from wherever you are. Uh, it's almost hitting 8 p.m. Uh, in the city of Amsterdam, 8.30 uh, CET. And uh, we're running into the last 30 minutes of Africa on Focus as we talk about what's going on in our world. Um, man, uh, where are we? What do we have next? What do we have next? So, you know what? Um, continuing on this, on this profiling, yeah. uh, of course, the Haiti, you know, uh, yeah. case, uh, it, it definitely came um, to my attention a, a, a lot. First, because there were some, some scenes of, you know, Haitians being mistreated at the the border, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. actually receiving lashes and things like that. And, you know, people holding some food and it, it was just a mess mm -hmm. basically. And obviously we understand that, uh, Haitians are trying to cross, um, uh, borders and, you know, reach to uh, greener pastures, right. um, that we immigrants even understand there is so much craziness happening in the country. Um, I mean, on its own, you know, economically, it hasn't been able to recover since it's early, early independence, you yeah. know, uh, it also has gone through a lot of, um, 
floods, earthquakes, you know, that has not been on their supportive side. Exactly. And then also in terms of uh, recovery, finance, funding, building their economy has been no room for that at all. Yeah. Um, and now even to top it up, they have a particular president who I, I know they also weren't as happy with, you know, that experienced uh, some crazy murder. I mean, um, having been um, sneaked upon by like what, like a mini army and have been shot at in his house, been exactly. killed in his house. Exactly. Um, his wife survived. I think she, she had some. Um, injuries and she was rushed to a hospital in uh, Miami which I also think was very um, I think it was sad and interesting at the same time because it means that even in your own country if it be to health attendants the primary health attendants that could help you mm -hmm. you know live yep. you have I to fly to yeah. another country which is sad you know it's so sad um, that on its own so and that and a recent other earthquake happened yes you know, so things are not good, not good in that country at all. Um, many of the scenes have been bro uh, uh, breaking out. And I'm saying this because I'm, I'm actually talking about this because these are uh, these are Africans. You know what I mean? Yeah, these are Africans. Um, even in general, uh, safe, uh, safe to say they they call themselves and they know that in terms culturally and they are closest to uh africa outside of of the continent because of their early independence and they've been able to you know cherish a lot of the cultural aspects so angry scenes broke out of um out out at haiti's main airport after migrants were deported to the country from the u.s so basically they made an attempt to enter into the country then failed and then they were you know deported back on tuesday migrants at the airport in Port-au-Prince, uh, rushed back towards the plane uh, they had arrived on, while others threw shoes at the jet. Last weekend, the U.S. started flying out migrants from a Texas border town, which had been an influx in recent weeks. About 13,000 would-be immigrants have gathered under a bridge connecting Del Rio in Texas to uh, Ciudad Acuna in uh, Mexico. 13,000. That's the whole stadium. That is. A whole stadium. Um, chaos unfolded at uh, Haiti, Haiti's uh, Toussaint Louverture airport, airport as one man attempted to reboard the aircraft. Uh, so you can see the, de the desperation there. Like you've just been dropped, probably been uh, two police have been taking you, you know, mm -hmm. and you are as so in such a situation that you are just ready to jump back on the plane. Um, those are some of the, the incidents that happened. Uh, he attempted to reboard the aircraft. The plane crew rushed to close the jet's door in time. And uh, this is uh, reported by Reuters new, news agency. There are different vi uh, video footages uh, going around showing people scrambling for their personal belongings after their bags were dumped out of the plane. And uh, according to a statement from the Department of Homeland, Homeland Security, DHS, there were two separate incidents at the airport on Tuesday. A source told NBC News that the pilots on board one of the flights were assaulted on arrival in Haiti, uh, Haiti and three U.S. Uh, immigration officers were also injured. In a separate incident in Texas, a group of Haitians reportedly fought border patrol agents and attempted to escape after realizing they were being deported. Uh, at the time, the migrants were being transported on a bus from the town of Brownsville to Del Rio. When the migrants found out that they were going to be sent back to Haiti, 
they took the bus over and they fled, um, which I definitely understand. Uh, Brandon Judd, the president of the National Border Patrol Council, said that uh, at a news conference late on Tuesday, the removal of migrants have been criticized by Partners in Health, an NGO that has been working in the country. And during a challenging and dangerous period for Haiti, which just shows that it is evident that it's become dangerous for them, it is unthinkable cruel to send men, women, and children back to what many of them do not even call home anymore. Um, more, more details to this. Uh, more hardship has come for the country. Like I said, in July, Haiti's president was assassinated. In August, it suffered another deadly earthquake. Um, many left the country after a dev devastating earthquake in 2010. And a large number of those in the camp had been living in Brazil or other South American countries and traveled north after being unable to secure jobs or legal status. Um, many details, many fled to other countries, Colombia, uh, Gulf of Araba into Panama. Um, and it's receiving 20, 250 people a day, a day. Um, you know, one thing that I, I really find, uh, harsh. The truth is because we always have to sum it down to the truth. Okay. These Western countries are not ready to willing to receive, you know, people from other countries simply because, <laughs> That's how the system has been set up and system has been placed, um, by people, <laughs> you know what I mean? And the other thing is also that, um, the thing is their, their, their policy for refugees and receiving refugees. I don't know how it's set up. I really have to research that, yeah. but it is evident that their home is just not well, safe. I mean, yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Um, so their immigration policy, immigration policies, um, or refugee uh, policies, because I know that the case is a bit more different here. Because now, even with the cases happening in Afghanistan, we we can even see it now from all of the um, asylum uh, yeah. places. They have come. You yes. know what I mean? They it's it's just obvious that hey, their their place is not a safe place. Let's receive them and then process. I won't say that the process that the Dutch implement is perfect, no. but at least there is a more lenient way of going about it. But then again. From what we have known from our sources and hearing, a lot of people have been left behind that actually deserve. You know, yeah, that you know, that's the thing. Um, it's it's hard for for us, let's say, or for anyone to really try to understand or decide um, where to go regarding the the border or regarding the yeah. uh how do you say the refugees as for for example and it's it's a classical you know debate that political debate that always puts the right the right wing against the left wing the democrats yeah. against the republicans new school versus old school right yeah yeah um and it's also on that merit that um donald trump ran his president i'm gonna build a wall i am going to build a wall and keep keep the immigrants out or you know so and that was he won he won the elections upon that upon promise. that yeah yeah you did he right did. so that all already um you know it's is showing that okay the people are not ready True. to you know for immigrant but then yeah. you can you know you you can get into the uh, let's say 
the mental health or you can get into the um, psychology of these individuals and to try to understand okay why is it that people are why yeah. would people vote for closed borders just closed yeah. like no one enter oh, yeah. well, maybe they're fearful okay that's a totally different, a different topic. thing yeah another thing is you can go into the political um political implications of this where as in all right so what is it how would the political climate change yeah if we let more immigrants in and this and that mind you in the states where 70 percent is white 13 percent black and let's say another 11 percent of <laughs> is it 13 wow i think it's growing um, probably maybe 14 now but it's around 13 oh. yes but you also have you know the rising asian community you have the yeah the uh, pakistanis and this and that so that's still you know there but the 70 percent that's why that still carries you know the vote but the funny thing is what if they allow because this is a serious debate you know i followed the other day what yeah. if they allow more immigrants to come in more immigrants you will have a political shift or change and and yeah. you know that's the thing like with with the elections they were saying okay certain states or cities were won why because predominantly black people were living there mm -hmm. but if they these states win over the other states so now you have they are scared that the country may be ruled by actually the immigrants by people who went <laughs> who went there but were yeah. allowed in so you know i understand that people are also thinking about these things so it's it seems like a very simple or emotional thing oh this is going on they yeah. don't want to want to let them in no but the the, the real thing if you want to keep it all the way thousand real mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are also other consequences of allowing immigrants in and, you know, officially documenting them within a country because not only will they be able to change, change the social right. um, um, place or field, yeah. but they also, you know, get to change the political field as well as probably Eventually. educational. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's from there going. And if they would allow it america would allow it or any country i think i think the dutch wouldn't even allow that to go that far where you know the minority gets a voice that that jumps sure. over the uh, no, the, no, the majority i mean they proved that with the whole black beats thing yeah, where true. you know where black people are like, uh, we were saying this is offensive to us but yeah. we they were the prime minister was like okay he's black but that's going to stay black <laughs> Why? Because that's true. Ninety-five or ninety percent of Dutch are white people, and they're saying, "But it's our children's party, and we we like it. So yeah. why would we change for that minority?" So you know that is also, and we have to keep things in in mind that it's not always emotional, right? Okay, sure, things are happening bad in Haiti. People are be um, returning back to their home. Yeah. Um. You know, you could say because the earthquake happened, I think, in twenty ten or twenty eight and two thousand eight or whatnot. Yeah. But yes, and that's when it's you know started. People were fleeing the country. Yeah. And uh, uh, bad things happened on top of bad things. Yeah. But to also put that responsibility on a country like America or on another country or neighboring country yeah. that you should accept immigrants, that is also something we should think about. As in, mm -hmm. are you willing to accept your neighbors? into your house to come and live there mm -hmm. for let's say a indefinite month. 
Oh, it's even indefinite. Let's let's say a month, and this is a question I want to post on your or Instagram. Yeah. Are you willing, as an individual, as your family, are you willing to take your neighbors into your house? Yeah. To live there for a year till they're like let's say as long okay. as long as their house is being rebuilt. So you live on a farm, or let's say you live in a flat, mm-hmm. and your neighbor's apartment burns down yeah. they forgot to you know uh, turn off the the heat or whatnot Good question, and then it burns down are you willing to let them stay with you yeah. for as long as needed and for them to fix um, their house to build it back up to where it was and then they will voluntarily leave let me know your question this is a question that will yeah. should come back next week too i'm going to post we, it on my uh, we should. linkedin as well because i need an answer that's what people have to think about when we when we uh, when we try or attempt on uh, a, a, oh, a topic as immigration. That is hard. Yeah. So <laughs> you can you can try to ask um, answer that now, or you know you can really deliberate uh, upon it throughout the week and come back. Yeah. Uh, we'll next do. week with uh, with an answer because it is very interesting, right? Um, you know, same with the democ- the um, Democrats, the progressives. You know, we're out there shouting, yeah, let them in, let them in. But would you let people in your house, though? And then, you know, it becomes a very different topic. They start Good question. <laughs> I'll think about it. And I'll uh, also keep in mind that um, this this was the case for me as well. You know, we're, mm. we're immigrants. Um, refugee. Well, you know, we always also always learn in school that you have different different types of migration, which is politically involved or economically involved. Mm-hmm. In our case, is then the economically uh, yeah. type of migration, or where we're also uh, running from something towards you know greener pastures. Yeah. It has the same goal. Uh, in this case, um, the economic you know influence uh, has different aspects than mm-hmm. obviously such um, a topic like. Uh, Haiti, right. you know, because right. this, this is a case where it's survival. Yeah, it's, you know? a, it's a forced immigration. It's a like, forced I, immigration. I, I spoke with the um, Raisa Kumago on that yeah. since her thesis was, uh, you know, about the sure. mental thing of uh, refugees. Sure. So, yeah, that came into Yeah, I, I love that. And um, I think it's a good question to consider. And I, I even myself can't answer it right now um, uh, because there is... The, there is a logistics aspect to it. Yep. You know, there is some preparation to it where both parties are all of a sudden being pushed towards, you know, both exactly. the, the country that people are fleeing to and also mm-hmm. uh, the country where people are coming okay. from. Exactly. So uh, there is a lot to consider. Um, I would say that, you know, in general, because I, I looked it up under U.S. law, a refugee is a person that is unable or willing to um, unwilling to return to his or her home country because of well-founded fear of persecution mm-hmm. uh, due to race membership in particular social group, political opinion, religion or national origin. Um, I don't know the details of this, but based on what I read within these three senses, it is well-founded fear of persecution. So. Mm-hmm. So the, that has to be a threat on your life. It has to be a threat a personal on personal life. life too. Yeah. yeah. It could be that, you know, based on these, um, on these grounds, because mm-hmm. of earthquake that is involved, you know, your, your place is not a safety based on law. It could be that it doesn't exactly hit the requirements. So it could be that once a refugee coming from this uh, region filing in mm-hmm. would be rejected on the grounds of this. And uh, yes, but I also think because if we're going to say 
I think there there's a, a limited amount of refugees that they're going 000. to accept. Three hundred thousand. Right. Is. So if if five hundred applies or five hundred run away, doesn't mean that they're going to take the five hundred because they are all classified as refugees. Mm-hmm. They're going to say we only have place for three hundred thousand, mm-hmm. and that's that. I know two million people uh, are let's say lost their homes and are uh, fearful of persecution so they classify two million people classify as refugees but the united states can say we only accept three hundred thousand. and what do we do with the the rest Mm -hmm. they're going to send back home or some other country we have to like for with the afghanistan not only the the dutch um um, the dutch were not the only ones where um, were accepting um, also the the Afghani Afghani base that have worked with you know the Dutch government, exactly. yeah. but Germany also accepted some. Um, Sweden also has um, some. So you know you spread these refugees over you know different um, countries or or some countries specifically like the Dutch they had to create homes mm-hmm. they had to make new buildings right. in order to take these refugees. So some countries don't even have the capacity or the um, facilities to um, uh, um accommodate yeah. these refugees so it's not you know it's not a simple task and it will be good to have a politician speak on this although we already know like you know they'll yeah <laughs> they're 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 coming in from a very political very and, uh, political from a different yeah um angle uh but you know nevertheless i think as a um, bystander or um regular civilian like i am I wouldn't even try to understand what the what the meanings, what the norms, what the ins and outs are mm-hmm. of immigration policies. Mm-hmm. Like you know, same thing with the you know the policing thing. It's like um, the border patrol. We don't we don't specifically know what they're looking for and how to help them. All you have to do is you know just trust trust their judgment. But that's hard. It, once you know you accept that okay there's this is thing as white supremacy and all of that yeah i i get it i understand but we have to um be professional and not always right. emotional about um things like this that's but hard my question stands and we'll rephrase that question at the end Absolutely. of the show yes because <laughs> yes it's a good question yes with, with 15 minutes left of the show we should definitely yeah. take that on next week as well and uh really discuss this i it hurts my heart man uh seeing all of this uh, going on, you know, with um, our black people, and I'm like, man, again, uh, why is it that we can't put the grounds, you know, together to uh, put together a country that could be a safe guide for everybody? This type of turmoil is just terrible yeah. uh, to go through. Um, no words for for this uh, particular incident, but we will definitely continue on um, and keeping an eye on the reports uh, on this. But the migration, the migrants uh, that have been deported, um, seeing all of what they go through, you know, at the border and children involved and everything. And uh, also with the process on how it goes, uh, is it, it would also be likely that because of the fear that people uh, are less likely to go through the normal process of, you know, um, how to, yeah, how fleeing to a country go. I mean... Yeah. Who even has the knowledge of that? You know, you're trying to flee. That's all that you know. And uh, how the country is from every aspect is that bad. You know, and if your president is even shot and if the first lady even has to, for her health care, her basic needs has to fly to somewhere else, I think that's an indication of 
uh, a country not being really stable, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on its um, on its own. It's no longer sustainable. Even if you look at the borders, um, the way that people uh, have come to the borders, it's it's um, it's a lot. Yes. It's a lot. Um, definitely um, um, one to look out for. And really, I feel for all of you who, who maybe even have, you know, family members, um, family members there or anything of that. Um, keeping you in prayers and of course we'll be following up with the answer uh, mm-hmm. would we you know accept our neighbor on a very unexpected period unexpected day coming to knock on your door would we accept that person until he uh, and his family have their feedback up inside of your home good question um, alright which last last topic are we picking I think you know one of the topic that could really boost uh, anybody uh, in terms of job finding would be our last uh, conversation uh, okay. to touch on. And we would definitely put that Emmy Award thing on, uh, on next week. Next we always week. try to, to bring a newsflash. I into really one thought we were going to get through the newsflash. I know, I know. But uh, <laughs> we'll definitely be continuing on uh, on that. Um, most in-demand skills. Does it, does it involve any of you? Because you are a finance guy, isn't it? Yeah, I am. A fi- I'm trying to get away from finance, though. But <laughs> why? Money is there. Money is there. Yeah. <laughs> finance. We just manage the money, but the money is created somewhere else. Please. So where are economists. you running to? Where are you running to? To where the money is being created. <laughs> economist yeah, and you're finance. Not, you're not finding where the money resides. You are finding where the money is created. Yeah. Because finance, we only manage the money and okay. we, you know, we, we document, okay, this is the money, this and that. Okay. Right. But if you really want to make money, you have to get on the other side where they create the money or right. this is the, in the entrepreneurship money. Okay. <laughs> That's where money is made. Um... Well, where else? Let's say, I would say art. Um, our money is also created in art. Um, is it? Yeah, because trust me, you can have, and we've we've had this on the show before as well. Um, okay. and I've actually read a book on it. Okay. You know, art, and all of a sudden it becomes a certain value. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. But that value is created based upon mm-hmm. someone's perception or. Um, someone's experience with right. that piece of art. So, you know, but the cost of making that art was maybe $100 alone. Right. But now someone wants to buy it for one2 Right. They've created the money. Okay. However, for the transaction to take place, you know, that's where finance, we come in and be like, oh, this and that auction. Right. And all that. And then, you know, yeah. the, the 1.2 comes into into uh, into existence. Yeah. And then we get to spend some, invest some and make that make make more money of that but it's it's created yeah arts they also create um money entrepreneurs who create money innovations right. buildings um they create money okay um so yeah um I, and i would actually like someone to to have a debate on this where money is being created because that's also where is money being created where's okay. money created someone would say federal reserve because they literally they print the money, <laughs> they print the dollars. Um, but that's not what I'm talking about. Where's the value of money? The value, right? Um, created. That, that's also a good one. Um, yeah, I'm trying to get away from that. But anyway, so 30 of the most in-demand skills that will help you get a job in the next five years. Yeah. That was interesting because um, in the beginning, it's like you know 
the the landscape or um, this thing what we know as work is shifting. Um, it is. You know, um, it is. We've been through the age of industrialization with um, more and more going to age of computer, no, yes. no more software and this Digitization. Digitalization. Digitalization, yeah, yes. indeed. So in, it's, it's always the question, do we still maintain the same skills that we had for yeah. the new era or like mm-hmm. what are the, um, yeah, what are the 30 of the most demands? I don't know if you've gone through it, but are they... Some that you thought, okay, these are definitely yeah. Um, D- digital digital marketing because I'm into in, into that. Yeah, you know, uh, a bit of education slash digital marketing. Now I'm actually stepping into teaching businesses, people, executives, um, how to digitize their task or how to put structure within their the di- digital operations. Okay. How to connect that um, with their uh, business goals, objectives, and those things. So mm-hmm. that one I did know. Um, marketing, marketing, I knew, but does it mean that it's specifically design and product, right? The data, oh, it has okay different fields. So business, technology, okay, now I get it. Mm-hmm. Marketing, I also knew. I'm also into that. Um, one I was probably surprised of is uh, okay microsoft excel i didn't know that i didn't know that microsoft excel excel i know it's still you know useful yeah uh but i thought that probably the existing tools would take over it's you know you know what i thought that too and you know since and microsoft it's not the case right it's it's a it's a um, requirement in let's say in accounting or just in finance microsoft excel Oh, it's, yeah. It is required <laughs> and fine. And again, just like you, I also th- would have thought same because I've worked with numerous financial, um, let's say, um, software or applications, and they have Microsoft Microsoft right. Excel in it, and right. it always it does the whole computations and stuff. But I've also found lots of businesses still use. The old Microsoft, like literally, they ha- they have accountants run okay. or create re- uh, reports in Microsoft Excel. So that's why it's still a required skill, or it's still one of the skills that is in, in today's era and will be used for uh, another decade. I would have hoped, because literally, I've been using um, like credit management tools. You can. Click, 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 and it'll create a report, this and that, um, you know, have a, uh, but most of them also give you data. Right. The data you um, outsource or you <laughs> put into Microsoft Excel, and then you have to create your own pivot table. You have to create your own charts. So I think in that expert, you you cannot miss. You cannot right. miss as a finance or someone who is in business. Exactly. Not yeah. only are you, should you be able to, create charts um tables <laughs> reports in microsoft excel right uh excel but you could you should also um know how to read them mm. and also um let's say extract the data from yeah the um, different um, app- um finance applications that are there but i understand why they they've why put they, that in right. there i really understand man. why they've put that in there man 
And something I'm actually interested in, that's project management. So that's the way. Okay. Well, um, here it is. Since, yeah, Another that confirmation. Is, <laughs> uh, well, so, yeah, project management. That is uh, that is something that I'm um, actually into because, uh, right. you know, like the finance. Finance is cool, but I would... What I would do is I would take on financial projects. That's financial fine. Project, yeah. Right. Um, and but, you know, today, today's, let's say, era um things are being run on projects. Yeah. Um, simply because one of the good thing about having things done in project and it's that you can create international project teams. Right. Just work with each other for one and one and a half years or whatnot, two yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. You know, get this thing done, get this business from here to there. Yeah. And basically that project is done. For yeah. a new project, for a new target, you can also create another team. Yeah. This means as a as a project um team member, you know, you get to switch around, go into different fields. Yeah. For me that is exciting. But also, it does sound exciting for it businesses. It is also a good way of uh, making sure that there is there there is a fresh rotation or fresh yeah. minds coming through yeah. the business. And project management makes that possible. Exactly. So I think that is why it's also um, on on the list mm -hmm. as well. Very example. Technology, data science are fields that um, you know. I don't have exactly like it is obvious technology on its own. It's it's you know it's what I mean? Be there. Yeah, it's it's just has to be there. Um, and they have mathematics on it. <laughs> OK, mathematics is one thing that probably I wouldn't I don't I, I wouldn't think of that. I, I honestly wouldn't think of that. When you, when you... But it's embedded right with everything else like mathematics, huh. um, mathematics and tech are like cousins. True. <laughs> Isn't it? Yes. And data science is it's data science's mother. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I'm actually surprised that mathematics isn't on the business list. Right. Uh, because I do know that for for every university or let's say for every course, a uh, business course, you should you have to do at least when you're going to uh, say the university level or master level, you are you have to, yeah. required to do a math uh, algebra test or a yeah. math test, right? That's also not my friend. So <laughs> it's not. It's not my friend. <laughs> so I don't know why they didn't put that on the list, but um, I guess you know. There, let's say um, graphic design. Here, so in technology, they have graphic design, design and product, web development. For me, that sounds like the same thing. Yeah, it does. It does. Right. It, I, I get you. I get you. It's it's not in its in its entirety. Yeah. Um. I think it's also yeah within the project you kind of see that uh, they are different tasks, but mm. probably in in terms of efficiency, you would love to find somebody that can do both. Okay. You know, it, and it will probably be more affordable within your project to get somebody who is both as good in graphic design and uh, web. Um, management because I know on its own graphic designers that just focus on graphic designers um, pre-COVID had um, an issue with finding continuous job to do mm -hmm. you know because um, it is it is easy to cut costs on graphic designing right. but once you can do that and web developing mm -hmm. you're just yeah I never knew okay. C++ I'm even Google it. it C++ is a general purpose programming language created by Bjarne Straustrup um, as an extension of the C programming language or C with classes you know that um, I've heard of um, um, about it yes okay I've heard about that that's C++ code thing. code language to me yeah 
It is. I wasn't. And it I is. heard it from also like, you know, a tech guy. I was okay. like, as long as you get that certificate, you can pretty <laughs> It was like you know just, just you know just get that certificate but because it, it brings you to places right and you know apparently you know it's also on the list of uh man man well people while we are list uh, are naming this because you know job development and really securing our future connecting the right skills with you know the, the jobs that we can take on especially black people because we are underrepresented in tech and business science i don't yeah. know if i don't know if that's truly the case for here because i do know a lot of um black guys in it yeah me know? too i was so, about to say um, but i do know some uh, yeah so I it's don't, coming up let's put it in that way it's coming up it's, definitely yes so this is a particular um um report provided by coursera that has published its industry skills report for 2021 dealing the most in-demand skills across the world right now and i think this is also an opportunity for us to continue and find some people that we can talk to about these type of you know um uh, areas where they can supply jobs the report is based on 26 skills in the business technology and data science domains each industry reported an acceleration in the need for technology skills to account for at a minimum the lack of physical interaction included by the pandemic and if you uh, look at the total it will probably uh, say that across industries businesses are evolving despite the unplanned change to remote work requirements and increased broadband use is just one indicator 149 million new jobs and within that uh, they've shortlisted uh, some of the skills that are outlined uh, and are very important so a combination of technology skills business enablers and durable human skills to be most effective in this digital economy some of them are microsoft excel budget management um uh digital marketing within the business uh, aspect project management marketing business design within the technology field which is web development mathematics uh, programming principles theoretical computer science data structures and then also in data science you have things like python programming <laughs> i'm going to google that uh probability and statistics oh no i that's i love my, that one. Oh no that's not I my thing i i remember i had that subject <laughs> i got a headache i started sweating i had all kinds of tension <laughs> oh. in my body data management uh machine learning algorithms uh probability distribution uh sql and deep learning now these are all Thank of you. the <laughs> skills that we should look at man time flies it's all, all already one minute past nine and we have to uh bring it down uh, what can we conclude? Time flies. That's my song. It, it, is it? Yeah. Burn. <laughs> Time flies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should actually play that one. Let's see if I can find it. Um, basically, the, the conclusion of today, Donnie, what would that be? So the conclusion of today will be, what would you, uh, would you, it's a question, actually, in closing. Uh, it's a question. Would you accept your neighbor's in your house for as long as they need to restore their their home that is that just got burned though it was their own fault mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah would you would you do that that's that's the conclusion and um upon that note we'll come back next week to see if we can get some answers and also yeah to to make to make to kind of like clear the the case or you know open the case of are we too emotional on this immigration policies and 
um, ethnic profiling or are we justified to feel the way we feel about these things? Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's follow up on that next week. On that note, uh, we are rounding up Africa on Focus here on High Radio, The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Africa on Focus is uh, powered by, by Austin, your brand and communication space that provides all of the write-ups, uh, all of the podcasting management uh, and all of that for uh, Africa on Focus. So if you're looking for uh, something to boost your brand communications for your business, make sure that you find www.byaustin.com. Also, if you're looking for your hosting platform, make sure that you find beartist.eu and they will provide full service or just designs. The Artist is a platform that you can find. If you missed one of our episodes, Africa on Focus is also found as a podcast uh, on iTunes, Spotify. If you find us on Anchor, you can uh, find us everywhere we are at. Also find us on Facebook, um, Instagram, uh, and myself also. I'm on Instagram too, uh, at ms.aba. Uh, let's continue with the conversations. And of course, we will be following up next uh, Sunday. And uh, very soon, we'll be picking up more guests uh, here to mm-hmm. really talk about all that matters to African people. We're tuning out. I would have loved to tune out with uh, that Burner Boy song, Time Flies. But you know what? In this um, um, jukebox or whatever, I can't... <laughs> on this digital jukebox, I, I found it, but it's not uh, playing uh, the uh. way I want it. So that is so sad. Um it would have been lovely to, you know, uh, play that tune, but uh, it, it it is acting up. I think that is the tech bit that we really have to uh, <laughs> have to be looking at. Um, also, another thing, uh, make sure that you uh, catch up with all of the other shows that are flying through uh, on starting from a Friday. On Friday, we have our usual entertainment shows. On Saturdays, uh, Sylvia Candy, you know, comes with uh, her East African spotlight. And there are some good East African sounds that you should definitely uh, listen mm-hmm. to. Uh, of course, we also have Hour of Restoration. Um, we have Gary. We have High Street Entertainment that is soon going to come back and, um, and you know, make some music for us. Uh, we are High Radio, uh, the most prominent uh, African-focused uh, platform here in um in uh in in what's it called the netherlands in the netherlands in um um amsterdam that's what i was going to say we are also available on uh, on all uh social media platforms and uh, you can find us on there man i could she, definitely she's practicing sense. a multi uh tasking. oh man she's thinking i can talking and typing oh, my. Watching. i just i and i know i'm tired right i know that <laughs> vaccination just got me crazy and i'm still hoping if i can find that record time flies <laughs> and i think i can play it so um uh, i think this is a good opportunity uh for us to round up time right. flies but burn a boy and uh, uh let's do this and um, stay blessed, man. Stay yes, blessed. stay blessed. <laughs> stay blessed all the way. And uh, let's play this. Why is there a notification even coming up? Why? What if Why? it starts with, the, with an advert? Thank you for listening to Africa on Focus. We air live every Sunday on High Radio from 7 p.m. Amsterdam time. Join the Africa on Focus platform on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Africa on Focus or visit www.africaonfocus.com. And follow me on all your social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Miss Allah. Shout out to High Radio and Q Vibe for the jingle. <laughs>